Hey, what's going on, guys? Do you know I got so and so in stereo podcast is back. Episode 48 is here. First of all, Tom, we got to give a quick shout out to your wife for putting together that graphic of us through the Bitmoji. Looking a little fly right now. Uh, Ed got his suit on. That was all that mattered. That's all that matters. My wife saw it and like almost fell off the couch. She was like, this is perfect. <laughs> The way Kyle is like screaming into the abyss, like that's perfect, <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. So y'all check that out if you haven't seen it already. It is beautiful, and I'm glad that the podcast is moving along, and now we got graphics and stuff. Yep. Yes, sir. It's kind of cool, though. I'm actually in the middle Man, of I, that I, picture. I just want to... <laughs> yeah, you're right in the middle. You're the host, man. Yep. So quick... Quick shout out to my wife, Marlene. We appreciate you. I have, I have a quick comment, though, before we get into it, man. It's, it's springtime here in New York City. It's starting to get warmer out. See cars driving by, blasting music with the windows down. You know, I, I, I heard one of Ed's favorite artists being blasted from a car today. Oh, man, I was so excited. It was that Big Baby Dram Broccoli song. Man, oh, I was like, wow, if Ed were here, he'd be going nuts. If Ed was here, that tire from that car would be flat. It'd be sitting on cinder blocks if I hear. Oh, and that's a brother from VA. That's a VA brethren. Ouch. Why Another do y'all like songs? <laughs> <laughs> Why that song is popular, I will never understand. And there are readers who will comment on this very post that will tell us that Dram is a a talented songwriter who is a beautiful singer and we just haven't heard it yet because he's doing this radio stuff just for hits so i'm waiting for the talent to show because well we actually lost a follower because uh they argued with us saying he's a real soul singer and i was like what (laughs) where the soul at homie and and listen, I know his older stuff so i've heard the pre-broccoli stuff i still have not heard any soul yeah. Ouch. Well, guys, back um, back on topic here, we were, you know, talking about the new graphic that Tom's wife created and how I was in the middle, and it got me to thinking TGT is fighting again because Tyrese feels like he deserves more um, money than Genuine and Tank do, and I kind of feel the same way right now, so. Oh, man. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> We must bring all back. that fast food ain't gonna pay for itself. So this dude's looking for a raise. Hey, I'm gonna have to call Barry Bars back into the mix if you're oh, not boy. willing. To, <laughs> if you're gonna go on strike Shout for out us, my here. man Barry. Man, <laughs> some more. Man, we'll celebrity. be talking about. <laughs> Can you imagine hey, what Barry be bringing to the convo? Man. Oh. Hey, but more celebrity news for you guys. If we're talking about money, Janet Jackson is about to get like half a million dollars from her divorce. Where do I get one of those guys at? Well, your whole plot, the whole reason we're doing this podcast is so one day you can marry Ashanti. Like, that's what this whole (laughs) scam is about. So, when you're able to scam your way into her DMs, you can get some of that Murder, Inc. 2002 money. And then there you go. You got your raise. And you got your woman. Done deal. <laughs> we'll talk about Ashanti later on because I have a lot to talk about that. But let's talk, talk oh, about some Oh, I can't wait. You got us in trouble last weekend. I, I mean, every week. This is expected. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, but, hey Kyle, before we get into it, <clears throat> can, can we just touch on something real quick? What's up? You know, th- this podcast has come a long way. We're almost at episode 50. And can we just do a brief history of this podcast? It's been, what, almost almost a year and a half now? Two years almost? Gee. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we've had special guests along the way. We mentioned Barry Barris, who was, who was involved for a few episodes in the beginning. Um, we had artists be a part of this, you know, which was cool. It, it, it kind of morphed into the into that your draft idea for one episode, which was cool. And um, yeah, it's been a fun ride, guys. It, the following has picked up, which is great. We appreciate everyone who's listening. So we've come a long way. We were kind of choppy in the beginning, believe it or not. Well, uh, like everything, it grows, and we come. Uh fine well-tuned machine and we've really had some cool guests come by so if you miss some of the earlier episodes go in the archives we've had Bobby v we've had who else have we had static i'm not static we had static that would be a problem we had black <laughs> from player we had um my man case come through we had my boy noel gordin come through tons of artists oh rl i can forget him yeah Man, you guys Michelle really, Wallace. Uh, yep. Michelle Wallace, really, who's actually... Uh, <laughs> she'll be probably discussing this in this podcast later on, but we're talking about the time machine right now with all these artists. I want to talk about a new song that came out by our favorite group, apparently, TLC. We talk about them like every week now. Um, Good lord, yes. They actually put out their new song with Snoop Dogg way back. What do you guys think? It's... Well, Okay, um, I was like, we were talking a little bit before we hit record, and Kyle mentioned that it gives some vibes of Beyonce's Party, a song that I really like, and you kind of feel that vibe a little bit, it, there's some really similarities sonically, I like it, it's not anything that I think is going to burn the house down, oh, I guess that's a, sorry about that pun, talking about TLC, oh, man. but, oh, boy. what we're saying is, it's a, Decent song, but it's nothing that really gets me super excited for the album. Maybe if we've got some, if this builds upon with some better tracks coming on, I think we got some good stuff that might be happening. But it's a serviceable single. And I'll just say, it's probably a little safe, but I think it's fine for what it is. It'll probably end up in our top 100, just being realistic for the songs of I the agree. year, and uh, which is good. I mean. It, it's so hard to expect greatness, even from a legendary group coming back after this long. They've lost one of their members, so I'm not expecting greatness from them. But if they put out solid out, you know, a solid album consisting of songs like this, I'll be happy. Yeah, and Tom, we've talked about this many times. How hard it is for these legendary artists to return because the expectations are so high. Because these um, fans of TLC, they're sitting around listening to crazy sexy cool on repeat even 20 years later so when they come back they're expecting another crazy sexy cool we forget about the 3d album that was kind of that was in between we only remember the hits so when they come back we're expecting greatness five-star classics and that's a very very tough mountain to climb so good for them for plugging at it and giving us something that isn't terrible it's okay hopefully they can build upon it I just remember the TLC from their uh, 3D album, the the joint that the Neptunes did. That was probably like the wackest Neptune song I've ever heard. Oh man! No, they had a couple Neptunes joints on that album, and which one are you referring to? I remember liking a couple of them. What was it? In your arms tonight? 
that what it was called? Oh, yeah. that song was fine, player. That was a fine song. Mm. That was I don't fun. know about that. <laughs> but I do like the uh, the throwback approach. Like, if it's executed correctly, it does, you know, it makes me happy to hear songs like that. That Bruno Mars record, that's what I like. That's actually blowing up on Urban now. So that lets you know there is a uh, fan base that's still waiting on that throwback sound to come back. I've said it a million times when your favorite artist is out here trying to chase what the 19-year-olds are doing. There is an there's an audience out here that has money that remembers the days of the 99s and the 2000s and the 95s that are willing to spend money on that sound. So capitalize on it. Don't be chasing these little kids that ain't got no money and just sit around listening to stuff on Spotify. We paying for your physical CDs, player. Give us some love. Yeah, but you know what's disappointing, though? You know, he came back with that album. When did that come out? Like, four months ago? How long ago was that? About November. I was hoping we'd see some type of movement building, even if it was just grassroots, organically, some others following in his footsteps. But I haven't seen any follow-up. I haven't seen any others coming with that type of sound. So Not at all. You see, it seems like people are just sticking to their guns and still trying to run the urban radio with the trap stuff. It is very annoying. I agree. I thought that this was going to... I didn't want to say it out in the world and make a public statement, but secretly I was hoping that this was a part where we could turn the corner and have some other people catch on to that sound, but we aren't really seeing it. Maybe later in this year we might, but as of right now... Same old, same old. Trap still ruling the airwaves, and y'all still mad when I'm giving these albums poor reviews. And we he actually could... discussed this on podcast number thirty-seven, I think it was thirty something. Can Jeez. Bruno Mars save R and B? But what did we determine that? I said he couldn't, but it's looking like no one's really following his lead. It's still early yet, though. So you know, most of the albums that we're hearing now theoretically were probably recorded at the earliest like maybe late last year so maybe that sound has not been present for artists to pick up on for their newer projects i'm just giving people the benefit of the doubt here so maybe now if it gets to be like a full year and we still we still trapping okay but right now i'm holding out a little bit of hope well, fellas, leave it to Chris Brown to keep re-recording that same song he's been doing for four years and we'll never get back to that throwback sound. <laughs> Speaking of throwback sounds, guys, um, I actually tagged you guys on this on Instagram. Of course, the NBA playoffs are upon us, which is happy times oh, for me. I might miss out on a couple of podcasts because, you know, I got to go watch my basketball. But Cisco released a remix of the thong song. And it is called the LeBron song. Man. Thanks for tagging me in that nightmare, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, boredom is taking over these days. Man, they had a video for the thing and everything. Yeah, they had a whole video. And the video was cute, but old man Cisco croaking over the thong song was not the way I wanted to spend my um, Friday afternoon. So thanks for giving me that two minutes of joy. It's kind of interesting, though. You know, we saw it with RL and the whole why are you always lying thing. It's like, it's such a risky situation putting your song out there and making it a meme because it, and I don't think it paid off. I mean, obviously, RL and Next didn't do it on purpose, but 
in the long run, I don't think it really paid off or helped the song too close to reach new heights. It just turned it into a meme. I don't think it ever does. I think to to like rest on the popularity of the me of a meme is so short sighted because memes are essentially jokes. Like you don't want your music to be considered a joke. And memes are also have like a very short shelf life. So you'll see a meme that's everywhere for like a week and then you never see it again because people get tired of it. So why would you want your music to be tied to something that's gonna get run in the ground in a week and considered a joke? Like that's still I understand that you get a boost in popularity shortly, but long term it seems extremely detrimental. It just is very short sighted. I'm not a fan. The good news is the uh, the Rick Roll meme is still rolling strong for like eight years now. So <laughs> thanks, yes. Y'all still out here Rick Rolling? People still do that, believe it or not. Uh, now some other news I want to talk about is Mariah Carey most recently announced her joint venture deal with Epic, so she's going to have her own record deal. And it got me to thinking, guys, number one, I'm kind of... I I think Mariah did have a label back in the day. I think she signed Allure, right? She sure did. did. And man, shout out to Allure. I love their debut album. And breaking news, she's just re-signed Allure to her new label. Just kidding, guys. No, No, I'm just kidding. She found scrounged up the four members from wherever they are. No. But it's kind of interesting. Mariah gets to build her her own empire again. She's in an interesting place in her career right now, where she's trying to maintain that mainstream success. But how do you guys see new artists fitting into her situation? Because I I don't see it right now. Oh man, I don't think this is going to go well at all because. It, now, is she going to try to pinpoint artists who have that new sound? Like, it, it, I just can't see that working. And then, what what other types of artists could she realistically sign? Like, unknown talents who are, like, pure artists? I, she's struggling enough trying to keep her own career relevant. How is this going to work? And I, I don't mean that in the sense of, like, she's struggling or anything like that. She's a great, legendary artist, but she's trying to, like you said, remain in the spotlight herself. She has her hands full with that. How is she going to build a label now too i don't see it i totally agree and i'm sure the um mariah stands what are they called um kyle are they lambs or those yeah they, they're the lambs jeez y'all always name animals anyway bah. i'm behaving <laughs> anyway i'm behaving tom so you gotta behave too so uh, sorry my point is and we're not saying this to diss mariah but we have seen in recent months she's trying to get her own career back on track she had the single that came out and the remix and all that stuff i just really struggled to see while she is in the position to put on a young artist i don't know if she has the time to dedicate toward that maybe we're wrong we don't know what's going on in her personal life so maybe she does and maybe she has that driving ambition but i'm kind of like tom i'm a little skeptical on this one and then along with that she's also going to be dropping a new album um as part of her deal she had that song with yg um from a couple of months ago and that kind of just came and it went but it'll be interesting to see, you know, with her linking up with L.A. Reid again, what they can come up with. We, you know, we, we hope the best for Mariah, and we always want her to do well, but times are hard out here. 
we'll see what happens. Yep. Now, speaking of new albums, Ed, good news. Your girl Latoya Luckett, or apparently my girl as well, according to Tom, she's going to be releasing her new album, which is her first album in, I believe, I want to say, has it been eight years now? It's been almost ten years. Her last album was right before I moved to Birmingham, so that's about right. Man, I'm a huge Latoya fan. I thought her first album, her self-titled album, I thought that album was fantastic. And her second album wasn't bad. It had a couple of decent songs on it. But I'm really looking forward to it because she is a voice that we need. And I think that she still has some gas in the tank. This isn't an artist who's just struggling to come back to pay some bills. I think that she left some money on the table, so to speak. So I'd like to see what she has to offer. I'm just curious what took so long. And maybe you guys know better. I know she's done some acting in recent years. But what do you think was the delay I'm not sure I know that the acting there was um, rumors of this album maybe shoot, it would be three or four years ago that there were rumors of this album and then it kind of went on hold and she started doing some other projects so I don't know if that just became a priority and music was secondary but not sure what slowed it up but she's all her name continues to pop up and she'll have a single here and there she had a song with T.I. a few years ago that I liked so she's been somewhat visible, so hopefully she can get back in the spotlight for real. I think a lot of it had to do with uh, the situation at Capitol Records. I think they folded or something happened and all of the artists were dropped from the label and mm. Latoya was one of them. So I think she's starting to pick okay. up where she uh, left off. I think she's on E1 now, so we'll see what happens. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you feel like she still capitalizes off the Destiny's Child um, you know, being part of that group, do you think she still is recognized from that at all? I don't think so. It's funny, it's almost weird to say that, especially for most of our readers who are knowledgeable in R&B, because they remember the original Destiny's Child. Mainstream audiences do not remember the original Destiny's Child. I had a conversation probably earlier this year with someone who thought that Destiny's Child is Kelly, Michelle, and Beyonce. They do not remember... The no, no, no era of Destiny's Child. And I think that has been so far removed that although some more in the no fans will still link her to Destiny's Child, at this point she's like her own artist. I don't think she's tied to Beyonce in any way. No, 100%. Uh, I think even especially now the younger fans, when they look at Destiny's Child, they just look at it as, as Beyonce's um, group as opposed to Kelly, Michelle, and Beyonce or even... To even go further than that, who is it? Latoya and Latavia. So, um, mm-hmm. no, I, I think Latoya is a little removed from that now. And I think also with the fact that she hasn't put out music in so long, I think it, it, it's a whole new ball game now. Right. Fair enough. So, um, I want to quickly go into our main discussion this is something that's actually been heating up on soinstereo.com and i think you're starting to get in trouble for this but i wanted to introduce or tom you can introduce it what is the main topic for today well ed had this great article uh on soul and stereo about the his his list of top uh female vocalists i think who released an album in the past three years um mm-hmm. and i've been thinking a, a while about, you know, I actually always have these debates with friends, like, who are the top vocalists? Would you have this person in your top ten, etc.? 
So it's always fun to debate these things. And Ed, do you want to run us down real quick uh, the premise of your article and, and how you structured it? Sure will, because that's what I do. So, you know, it's one of those things as R&B fans, we always have these debates. Like, who are the best? So instead of, I almost wanted to break this into two, because at first I wanted to do of all time. But then there are just so many great voices today that do not get the recognition that will no, by no means will end up on an all-time list. But they are too good to be ignored. So I wanted to shout out the artists today who are really, really killing it. And I wanted to make sure this album did not focus on who was the hottest or who, was, who had the greatest success in 1992 or anything like that. I wanted pure vocals for today. And I characterized today by someone who had released a project in the past three years, so 2014, or had either been kind of visible as far as like live performances and maybe features and things like that. So that's what's the premise of the article. Of course, that premise kicked off one of the people who probably undoubtedly would be in the top 10, and that was Brandy. So that was the biggest casualty that I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on. So I picked 10 artists, and 10 was really tough for R&B women. There are a lot of talented women out there. I could have easily done 25, but narrowing it down to 10 was tough, and I did it. Top 10 female vocalists, so we'll get into that. Well, let's get into it right now. Let's. What I want to do is... So, let's let's together as a team, you know, mm-hmm. work on this list of the top female vocalists. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some names out, and then we can say, are they in? How the what do you guys want to do? Top ten or top twenty? No, let's do ten. Yeah. So let's I'm gonna 10. say, Kelly Price. Is she in your top ten? Yes or no? Oh yeah. Yes. Without okay. Twice, yes. So that's. That's how we're going to do this, so just so you know. But realize by the time we get into some names, you're going to be realizing, well, I might have to kick that person out who I did put in earlier. So Right, and you'll see the struggles I had. Because it's easy when I publish lists like this and people are like, well, you didn't put in so-and-so, you're terrible. But when you're narrowing it down to 10, I had narrowed the list. I remember staring at about a list of 15 names, and that 10 spot was so tough to determine who was getting that last spot because there are just so many talented female vocalists. Now, when I do the male vocalists, it won't be that hard, but that's a convo for another day. So, just so we so we agree, this is what? When, when are we starting this? With the 90s and beyond? Since we usually do that range? So, are we going to do are we going to do soul and stereo rules and pick people who are active in the past three years, or are we going to extend it a little longer? Oh, we're extending. If you were active in the past 10 years, you're in. Okay, 10 years. All right. So so that'll alter my list a little bit. Okay. Wait, you said so who active, you... In, active in the last 10 years? Yeah. Great news, fellas. Latoya Luckett made the cut. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. So, Ed, tell us who you had in there. Go through it. Okay, so for my list, and again, for the rules of my list, you had to be a current artist, and I define current as being an artist who had released the project in the past three years. So, number 10, the the hardest spot to fill was Fantasia. I had a whole bunch of honorable mentions and that people beat me up over, but went with Fantasia for that one. Number 9 is the incredibly underrated Legacy. 
Eight was, we mentioned earlier, my girl Kelly Price, who I still think should be our Aretha Franklin. But politics, politics. Number seven is the most controversial pick, and I still stand by it, Janelle Monet. A lot of people are like, she can't sing. I'm like, well, have you heard anything but tightrope? No. Go listen to the albums play. Her <laughs> voice is incredible. Number six is another one that it beat me up on, but I stand by it. Mariah Carey. Now, if when I if and when, which I probably will do, a list of all-time artists, Mariah's probably going to be pretty high on the list. No spoilers, but she's going to be extremely high on the list. But we were talking about 2017 Mariah Carey and not 1995 Mariah Carey. So, she number six. I'll leave it at that and behave. Number five is Tamia, another artist extremely, extremely overlooked. Number four, my baby mama, Deborah Cox, who is basically oh. filling in for Whitney Houston right now. So if she's filling in for Whitney, you know she got the goods. Oh, man. I don't Number mean three. To, Ed, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you just said Tamia, and then you said Deborah Cox. I can just hear them harmonizing the Canadian anthem right now. Oh, Canada. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. God. Anyway, y'all grown fine up there. I'll give you that. Number three. Jasmine Sullivan, who, incredible, we all say. Number two is another one that got them all riled up, but I stand by it, and that's Beyonce. I was never the biggest, listen, I was never the biggest Beyonce fan as far as vocalists, but in the past, since her Beyonce album, that's the album and this more current one, she has evolved, and she has become, like, her voice, she can do whatever with that voice, so she's number two. Number one, Kiki Wyatt. Nobody is out singing Kiki. She will sing any human being under that table. That was my top ten. Some glaring omissions from this list, but that's another topic for another day. All right, ready, um, guys? Ashanti was Wait, not going to be on the list. Who's Sorry. the glaring omission? Where was, where was Layla Hathaway? Layla was one of the ones that I regretfully had to let go because that fighting for that number 10 spot. Wow. Layla, Marsha, um, it was somebody else. But I remember it was Layla, Marsha, Jennifer Hudson. Those were the yeah. ones. Ooh. Okay. Jennifer Hudson. Se- secondly. I don't know about, I don't se- know about Jennifer, Jennifer Hudson, guys. Alright. <laughs> Let me throw another name. Who you... Alright, so, alright, forget... So we're doing te- the last 10 years now. So Brandy, obviously, mm-hmm. would be in the mix. Would be in this mix. Yes. We all agree. Yep. Would, I agree. Brandy would, would be top ten. Would Monica be in this list? Uh, I'm saying I want her to be, but I'm saying no. I I might have to say, and I love Monica. I love Monica more than Brandy, by far. But I don't think so. If we're doing top ten, if we're doing top twenty, unquestionably ten. Like she okay. feels like more like a eleven or twelve to me. I personally Are we basing ju- this on? Go ahead, Kyle. Well, and that I think you're about to ask the same question that I was. But personally, I feel like Young Monica, first and second album, sounds better than she does today. So I don't know. Well, how- yeah. When I- so. and again, when I was doing um, this list, I was doing it based on 2017. But when I do the all-time list, it's going to be peak. So if I do a Mariah, it's going to be peak Mariah. If I do a Monica, it would be peak Monica, which would probably be early Monica. So for this 
list that we're considering now for 1990, I'm considering peak. Okay. And we're talking about pure vocal skill here or what? Yeah. I'm, what I did was pure vocal skill and diversity, what you can do with your voice. So not just power, because okay. a lot of people just think power. It's not who you can scream the loudest. It's what you can do, your range, and the ability to go from pop to gospel to R&B. And that's another reason why Beyonce ranks so high. Got it. Not just right. yelling, Fantasia fans. <laughs> I got a name for it. I got I got a name for you. I'm excited here. I got some names lined up. Ready? Okay. Yep. Where is Where is Tony Braxton in this list? Huh. Listen, I love Tony. I know a lot of people say Tony can't sing because you know her register is just so like almost guttural sometimes and I love it I might struggle to put her in top 10 yeah Kyle. like that one is a tough one no Ed is completely right her, the, the problem with Tony it's it's the gift and the curse it's that her tone is so unique it's so like her voice is very rich but it's it's hard it to, is it's incredibly rich but I think it's hard to compare her to these other artists like a Fantasia who can go all out and sing like No Tomorrow. It's a different type of, uh, I don't know. that. Personally, I wouldn't put Toni Braxton up there, um, but she can sing. No question about it. Oh, no question she can sing. It's just, I don't feel like she's as flexible as some of these other artists that we're naming. Alright. Here's another one I'm excited to mention. Lil Mo. Silence. What? Actually, you know wait. Lil Mo is one of the craziest vocalists. Lil Mo is one of my favorite artists of all time. I just vocalist. said silence because it was complete silence on the microphone at the time. No, Lil Mo is completely one of my favorites. My wife will tell you about 2003 how I would blast her sophomore album. And she was like, dude, stop playing this album so much. I, I mean... Top 10, though, she... She falls in that Fantasia category with me where she can okay. sing one type. Like, she can do the gospel type really, 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 really well. So, if we're talking about power, she's high. But if we're talking about diversity, I kind of struggle with Mo. And shout out to Mo because I love her to death. And she was an early supporter of Soul and Stereo. Kyle, you on the same uh, wavelength there? Yeah. Um, I do like a, a bunch of Little Mo songs, but uh, like I said, she's great at doing one thing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that quantifies for a or qualifies for the top ten. Okay, fair enough. I got one. I got another one. I'm excited about. All right, mm-hmm. Coco from SWV. Man, listen. Oh, I want to just put her in there because it's Coco and she is one of my favorite vocalists of all time. And is she in there? You putting her in? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is hard, man. This is hard. I, I feel like I gotta have my notes and my and my my scorecard out and my fifteen <laughs> calculators. Again, I feel like. How do you have Beyonce like over someone like a Coco? 
No, because again, we're looking at diversity. Like Beyonce can uh, do four or five different types of genres, and Coco can too. I feel like she's a lot more diverse than people give her credit for. That's why I'm struggling. Like she, she feels like a nine or ten or eleven. I'm gonna say yes, just because I like Coco. But like yes. that one, I'd really have to be on the fence on. I'd have to like so have you, my list laid out. So you're putting Coco on and kicking Janelle Monae out. Yep. She's gone. <laughs> mm, let's not go crazy. So, Kyle, this they're one's pro- for They're you. actually on the same level to me, to be honest. This one's for you, Kyle. Since Ed mentioned Jasmine Sullivan was in his list, is she in your list as well? Absolutely. I think she's probably... Like, number three is a very appropriate place to put her, but I wouldn't have been mad if Ed put her at number one. Just what she can do with her voice, it's incredible. I don't I don't think Honestly any, Yeah. Yeah, the top three, I have no problem switching any of those three around. I feel because like she is outstanding. Yeah, without question. Probably one of the most underrated you know, I feel like with Jasmine, if she came from a different era, man, it would be so much it would be so different for her right now in terms mm-hmm. of her career and where she'd be at, but Man, what you gonna if she do? landed in ninety if she landed pretty much pre two thousand one, it would have been a wrap. Like she would it'd be as at least as big as Alicia Keys is right now. Like she would be on fire. You think that that applies to uh Chrisette as well? Mm, I don't know if I would apply that Chrisette. I feel like a Chrisette would be higher than she is. I don't know if she would be that level though. We might be discussing her like we discuss kind of a, I don't know, maybe like a Kelly Price. Like someone that we we respect and is renowned and has had platinum and gold success, but not necessarily somebody who is top tier, even though their ability is top tier. All right, another noticeable omission from Ed's list, Faith Evans. Yes. Yep. So where that is, I think up? I got beat up over Faith more than anybody. And again, that was another person that it hurt my heart to cut. Because when I originally pictured doing this list, I was like, oh, she's top 10, no question. But when I started p- pulling out the lettuces and the Fantasias and stuff, I was just like, oh, I can't do it. But if we're bringing it back to the 90s and we're doing peak, she's probably going to make it. Where do you have her, Kyle? You know what? Vocally, she's great. What I love actually about Faith is is her background vocals and the type of stuff she's able to do. Yes. That 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 to me is is the key to Faith Evans' success more so than the vocals themselves. That's a great point. Yeah. So now, where we mentioned Brandy being out because of your rules, but where do we have her in our top ten now? I oh. think she makes it now. We if we do peak and we um, bring in the nineties, I think she makes it. But what number are we talking here? I mean, I don't. Kyle, oh, Kyle, I like can't Kyle do speak the, on this one. <laughs> yeah, you have to do that. I can't do the numbers unless I got my graphs and my charts and my pie charts in front of me. Well, I'm right now. Um, I just went on SoInStereo.com to revisit the uh, the list. I'm kind of stuck on that Amory picture on the homepage because she's looking good, <laughs> but. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Um, Brandy has to be... 
I'm going to get killed for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We love Brandy's runs. I think we can all agree Brandy has the most in incredible runs, but there's too much focus on the runs these days. Way yes, too much focus yes. on it. There's way too much yes. on it. So it would be hard for me to put her as at, at number one like all of you guys think I will. But she's in that top ten. I would probably say the, the latter half of that ten, though. Yes. Fair enough. Very yeah. much all agree right. there. Yep. All right, so wh where do we have Aaliyah? We don't have Aaliyah. <laughs> where realistically... <laughs> Would she fall though? Like the thirties, forties, hundreds? Oh no, no, I wouldn't throw her down in the seventies, player. Like <laughs> we ain't in Rihanna territory here. Oh, hell. No, we not that bad. No, I mean I love Aaliyah, but and she does. Aaliyah was great because Aaliyah knew what she could do, and that's something I have a problem with. Some of these other artists, I don't want to name any names of people that Kyle are in love with. Oh but man, some people think. That they are Whitney Houston, and they are not. They are Marcus Houston, and they need to know where they <laughs> oh stand. Can you repeat that? And can you just repeat that and, statement? <laughs> Bring it back. Rewind. I said that there are a few artists who think they are Whitney Houston. In fact, they are Marcus Houston. Oh my! <laughs> and the reason is. Because they don't understand what they can do with their voice and what their voice cannot do. And Aaliyah understood what she could do and she could not do. Aaliyah was not screaming and reaching for high notes because she couldn't hit them. So she rolled her wave and everything sounded good. So she was limited, but she sounded great because she never stepped out of her lane. And that's something a whole lot of these new artists need to learn, player. So if we're talking about... Hold up, guys. What's up? I, I don't want to cut you off, Ed, but as I'm looking through this list, you just forgot the queen of R&B, Mary J. Blige. I didn't forget the queen of R&B. You know I stay in trouble with the Mary J. stand, so All right. I'm used to fighting them. All right. But anyway, we'll get back to, we'll get back to her, too, later. But my point with Aaliyah is, Aaliyah is good at what she does, but when we're talking about power, diversity... Ability to go from high to low, changing up. She just isn't in the league of these top ten folks. So, no. Fair enough. And Mary, I love you, but no, you ain't top ten, boo. Ed, it's funny when you, got... you were uh, describing Aaliyah. Kind of reminded me of Keith Sweat's vocal abilities. I'm just kidding. Now, first oh. of all, we're talking <laughs> about the women, dog. We're not talking about the brothers. So, you stay in your lane. I'm hopefully. sorry. <sighs> Focus, uh, <laughs> Alright, hold on. We got we got a few more to get through. I want to make sure we get these all the, the good ones in. I want to go to Kyle's generation real quick. Um, oh. Kyle, where do we have Sierra in this list? <laughs> um, Sierra. Oh, he's thinking about it. He's thinking about it. Sierra, like, Sierra is good at what she's good at. And she stays in that. What she's good at isn't... Isn't a lot. What dancing on cars? She's very good at dancing on cars. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone would call Sierra a vocalist. She does have a nice tone, though. I'll give her that. But she's not making my top thirty. Oh man. All right. Fair enough. 
So, Ed, I, I noticed a nice another spot one. down there, but down there with Rihanna. They can hang <laughs> out and have fun. Jeez. All right, Ed, another one you didn't have on your list. Jill okay. Scott. Uh, yes, Jill Scott was another one I got beat up for. And Jill Scott kind of falls in that Aaliyah range. And I'm not saying that I'm def- I would put her higher than Aaliyah, definitely. But again, I think when it comes to diversity and power and all those things, Jill knows what she can do, and she kind of stays there, and she's a lot more diverse than Aaliyah, but I don't think that she measures up to the power hitters. She was another one that when I first pictured this list, I was like, oh yeah, Jill Scott will definitely be there, but once I started naming and listing those power hitters, mm-mm, didn't cut it. Top one of 20, our, maybe. One of our readers said we forgot to include Seven Streeter. Hmm. I'm just. I think somebody forgot to include Seven Streeter's album in um, Target this week, so. Oh. I think we good. All right, I got got another one. (laughs) Where do we have? We have one Knowles on the list. Where do we have Solange Knowles? Um. Yeah. Um. No. <laughs> what? No. I like her. I like her. Yes, I like her I music. And I mean, and it, but yeah, I like her a lot, and she's a good. She's a good singer. But yeah. if we're talking like cream of the crop, player, like you have a nice spot around thirty something. What about uh, my Canadian sister Melanie Fiona? Just to complete the trifecta of Tamia, Deborah Cox, and Melanie. I like her a lot. Again, I don't think that she is as uh, what's the versatile. Word? And but she is versatile a little bit, ah. but just not as versatile. Like she does everything very well but when we're talking top 10 we're talking greatness and I don't get anything great I just get a whole lot of very good and that's not a shot at her I love her but I just don't feel like she has kind of reached going over that hump yet I'd probably have her in like the 40s which is not a diss there's so many good ones not a diss at all 40s I'd say Um, I've got one more for you guys alright Tom you go first you go first alright um Here's a sleeper. Uh, Latasha Scott from Escape. Ed, what do you think? Oh, man. She's up there. <laughs> I knew it. That's a good one. Now, listen. Tom knows that that's my girl. Like, I... <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I can't... I will, like, change the list to top 11 just to put her in it, if it has to be. Biases aside, I think that she's in the conversation. Like she, okay. I just like putting biases aside, she would probably honestly be like she wouldn't be any higher than like maybe six or seven. Just being honest, but man, she would probably. I'm putting her on my list. We gonna do it. We gonna do it. Right. Damn. All right, I've got one more for you guys. I know we're uh, running a little late here, but I've got one more. This one is for you, Ed. Mm-hmm. El Varner. Oh no! <laughs> well, we already had the Canadian trifecta, so now we're gonna have the trifecta of Rihanna, oh boy, Sierra, and oh. Elvana. 
That's not fair. And they can all sit down there that's, and talk that's rough. about whatever they're talking about. Working, working, work, work, work. And twerk, twerk, twerk. And, and how they need a refill. Oh, boy. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Let me just throw these two out there just real quick, lightning round. But we named both these artists as Hall of Famers. Where are they mm-hmm. stack up on the list? Alicia Keys and Erica Badu. Oh, Badu almost... I think Badu, like, she was another one that almost made my original list. Uh, again, when we're talking about versatility, like her tone, I love it, but versatility might keep her out of top ten. Alicia, no. I feel like if El Varner, Sierra, and Rihanna are at the club getting refills and working, Alicia Keys is probably, like, down the street waiting to get oh, into that man. club. But she's not in the club. She's not in the club. <laughs> oh my gosh! She's, she's, it's interesting though. She, but that's interesting. She's not known as a as a as a vocalist, but she still made so many hits, which is interesting. Well, that's how it is. Like you can make great music and not be a vocalist. Look, I love me some Key Sweat, but I'm not going to pretend that the man is Luther Vandross. Like you can master your craft <laughs> without being able to build stuff out. Mm-hmm. Actually, that is a Are point. you happy, Kyle? You made me admit it. Yep. Actually, that, that ah. is a good point, though, that you made this in case we get killed later, is that just because we don't think they're the greatest singer doesn't mean we don't think they're a great artist. I know uh, Tom Well, Bing- they still curious. Wait till, wait till the Tamars come out. Yeah. They coming. Yeah, so for all the listeners out there, uh, Tom might not like Rihanna's vocals, but he likes her music, so anyways. Oh, come on. Jeez. <laughs> so messed up. <laughs> Um, this has been such a crazy podcast, but I want to bring a feature back, which kind of has disappeared, like one of these artists that we're going to mention, and that's the Milk Carton edition, Tom. Who's the Milk Carton this week? Oh, man, I had it lined up, and now I lost it. Hold on. I had one right here. I was on Ed's, um, Ed's site, and, uh, hold on. Come back to it. Let me, because I had a good one. Okay, come back well, to that. Well, let's go. Looking, no, for, looking for his notes, like Rihanna's looking for them vocals. Oh boy, He's struggling. Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Because this one has come across our our um, Twitter feed too. Whatever happened to John A? Yeah, I know the answer actually. Oh, you but know the he, answer? Huh? I said you know the answer. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I called him a milk carton. No, they are definitely milk carton. I, John A is one of those artists that you really thought in the 90s. And this just shows the level of talent in the 90s. If they came out in the 2000s, I think they would be better remembered. And not that they aren't remembered now. But they came out, had this huge hit, had a couple of decent songs. Came out with a second album, which I hated at the time, but I really like now. I think it's one of those albums that grown on me as I matured a little bit. But then they just kind of vanished, and it's strange. I think they really had a better shot of kind of having a longer career if they came out a little later and the scene wasn't so crowded. Because back in the mid-90s, everybody was out, and it was, I think they didn't have enough breathing room. Shout out to our boy KG from Naughty by Nature. But um, they're actually both solo artists now, Gene Baylor is a jazz artist now. She performs with yes, her husband. Yes, I remember that. Her husband's a drummer, and they go by the Baylors. 
And then you have the other member, Renee, who is trying to attempt to come back after all these years as a solo artist. She put out a single last year, I think. So, oh, cool. They've recently been active, but on the, you know, independently. So there you have it. Mystery solved. Ka-ching. Look at that. Look at the education you get from this podcast. Wow. <laughs> uh, now, I want to get into the other feature that has been heavily discussed as well as heavily criticized, which is our Hall of Fame discussion. Last week, guys, you guys caused all sorts of trouble because you guys did not induct my girl Ashanti into the Hall of Fame. I was reading my YouTube comments, and it looks like our girl Lachelle Wallace was going toe-to-toe with some person on YouTube named Key Music. And Key Music, if you're out there, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Ashanti is, oh, man. Ashanti is definitely a better vocalist than Rihanna, Taylor Swift, and so on and so forth. And, yeah. Oh, jeez. And Key Music is now part of the team. Hate to break it to you. Listen, I honestly thought that Kyle was key music. So, <laughs> I, this still has not been confirmed. So, I think we got some shady stuff going on here. Well, what's your reaction to those comments, Ed? <sighs> Listen, player, you can't teach the babies but so much. I try. And shout out to my girl for out there trying to educate out there. But, uh, honestly, I don't know if she's better than Taylor Swift. But that's an argument for Whoa, 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 whoa. I whoa. just... Come on, Ed. I, that's Ed. an argument for another day. However, and this wasn't this comment, but I got a lot of flack on Twitter myself from commenters who were just kind of like, oh, Shanti has put out five albums. What have you done with your life? I'm like, player, I mean, I have, you're right. I have not put out five mediocre albums, so you got me there. But y'all can love who you love, but just be realistic, player. Like, I just admit it to the world. That Keith Sweat is no Luther Vandross. If you like Ashanti, if you like Foolish, cool. I like Foolish. But don't be foolish and think that she's freaking <laughs> Whitney Houston. She does what she does. Chill out. Jeez. And then we had some uh, comments that were uh, against Ashanti, which isn't anything new because she gets literally bashed like every week anyway on social media. Oh. One of our supporters pretty much called me crazy for nominating Ashanti and said that if it, if it weren't for Murder, Inc., Ashanti would not have even blown up. And that hurt my soul a little bit. And then there was our boy who recently <laughs> sent us... Yeah, man, there's so much, guys. There was this one email that we got. Um, Tom, what was the fellow's name? I forget. I think he was from, like, New Zealand or Australia. Yeah, I don't remember his name, but, yeah, he was definitely from down there. He, and he gave us so much love for our podcast. And I felt the love, and then all of a sudden the love was gone because he also <laughs> called me crazy for nominating Ashanti. Jeez. Listen, player, it's out of love. When you have a family member who is spiraling downward, the family tries <laughs> oh to lift them up. Oh, so that's what was going on last week. So it's, yeah. we're just here to comfort you and to give you some some help and some guidance because there's some mental health issues going on. Oh my so, goodness. As a family, we coming together to rescue you, Kyle. This is your intervention. Oh boy. Ed, at least he didn't create a fake show flyer saying Keith Sweat is the sexiest man alive. <laughs> yep. Well, that is true. And to and for the record, I had nothing to do with that flyer. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. 
Alright, alright, let's settle down here. Let me uh, first bring in the fan nomination. This is the one where one of our fans on YouTube or, or Twitter or Facebook nominates an artist. And this time, guys, all jokes aside, the fan wanted us to nominate Little Mo. Um, Cricket silence again. I mean, Tom, to be fair, she does her, her song forever was your wedding song. <laughs> yeah, but she doesn't even have one classic album, or even one I'd say is close to a classic. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. I ain't correct. I'm not, there will be no corrections. I love... Well, let, let me say this. Lil Mo's second album is fantastic, as we talked about a little bit earlier, and her first album is really, really good. She has good albums, but as far as classics that have reshaped R&B, not even close. And if you mention our um, little bu- little mo to really any fan outside of Superwoman and maybe Forever as a stretch, no one's really going to even be able to tell you anything from her catalog. Just those two. I'm the only one who's going to dig up stuff from the later album. So, no, I'm a big fan, but Hall of Fame doesn't even get close. Like, we got Mo sitting outside in the parking lot of the Hall of Fame. Jeez. Well, I did do a... Hey, shout out my girl. I love my girl. I love my girl. She need to bring back the colorful braids. That was my favorite little mouth. <laughs> I, did, I did do some Wikipedia research, guys, just to see what other songs she had out there that would uh, that you guys would remember. Of course, she had some memorable features, but, um, of course, Hot Boys being one of them by Missy, which is a fire song. Um, but... Little Mo also has a bunch of different nicknames. She is Superwoman. She is the girl next door. Mm-hmm. She is the godmother mm-hmm. of hip hop and R and B. And I kid you not, <laughs> she is. On the Wikipedia page, it says her nickname is the Queen of Shade. Yes, wow. she is. See, I know all of this stuff. I'm a pretty big Mo fan, and she is <laughs> the Queen of Shade. She was the. She is kind of like backed off of Twitter these days because the trolls got too ridiculous, but. Man, her Twitter was on fire. It was one of my that. favorite accounts to follow. I, I do remember that. That was like years ago, and she was super active on there. Yeah, she was really big up there. But again, I'm a huge Mo fan going all the way back to when she was on Five Minutes and when she did the. She was featured on um, a girl, Nicole Ray's album. I remember loving Sometimes I, and nobody remembers that song. And I Love Me, that was um, with Tweet. Mo's got some hits, but as far as Hall of Fame, not even close, y'all. Don't forget that great duet she has with your favorite artist. Who is my favorite artist? No, I'm, I'm actually serious. I'll trade a million bucks with Keith Sweat. Oh, a million bucks. Yes, that is my jam. In 2000, I was, this is old college, Ed, because I'm an old man. I remember bumping that joint down in my professor. Who was actually, um, he's actually a really talented musician as well. He came out and he was like, why are you playing this song so loud outside of my class? And I'm like, because it's so hot. And he was like, it's so not. But even then, in 2000, Young Ed had to deal with haters of Keith Sweat. But I love Jeez. that song. <laughs> Jeez. I still remember the video. They were sitting by the pool. <laughs> um, so I guess... You know, aside from all the little Mo love, uh, I guess she's not making her Hall of Fame. Nope. No. Sorry, guys, we tried. 
um, continue to nominate your favorite artists, and we'll see if they'll make it to the Hall of Fame. But Ed, it's your turn um, to represent us and try to yes. induct somebody into the Hall of Fame. Who do you have? I I don't think that we will be arguing about this one for very long. Um, this artist, I just turned around and looked at my wall of CDs because I still have those, and one just jumped out at me. And we've actually discussed her this evening, and that artist is Tony Braxton. Woo! Again, to me, another no-brainer. When she came on the scene in 1992 with Babyface, those two became like the unstoppable pair. And they launched each other's careers to new heights. Her debut, to me, five stars. I've said this before. Her follow-up secrets, probably like four and a half. Both of those sold almost 10 million apiece. I think they're sitting at like eight or nine now. Um... Later albums were great. I think that her Libra album is very underrated. She's an artist that has not put out a bad album yet. She is really one of those ones who crossed over to pop during that era where it was kind of tough to do that and was one of R&B's biggest faces throughout its last golden era in the mid-90s. She has influenced tons of artists. She continues to influence artists, including her own sister, who sounds just like her. I mean, that's just genetics, but you still, when you hear her, you still think Tony, to me anyway. So, one of my favorite artists of all time, one of my favorite albums of all time in her debut, one of the most influential owl artists of the 90s, she's got my vote. What about y'all? Do I get to go first? Yeah, go ahead. It's Tom. interesting, actually. It's it's interesting. Outside of her first two albums, I feel like you don't hear a, a ton about um, the Heat, More Than a Woman, Libra, Pulse. You know those next four, even though they were had various degrees of success. I mean, would you guys say those were very good albums? I. I it's hard um, for me. More to... Than a Woman. I remember when she when they had the Tony Braxton um, movie on Lifetime, and after the movie they had kind of like a Q and A with her. It was kind of like a little interview, and she talked about how she hated more than a woman because she didn't have enough input in it. And by far, that's her weakest album, and it's still a pretty solid album. If it came out today, I'd be like, "Oh, this is pretty decent." I think those later albums were just hindered because by then there was so much drama and scandal attached to her name that kind of overshadowed it and then you know how it goes by the mid 2000s anyway she became one of those aging artists and when the Chris Browns and Trey songs and Neo at this time and Alicia kind of taken over she kind of took a back seat so you're right that didn't get as much hype but she was still a name and albums were still really good and they sold pretty well for her stance I want to hear what Kyle has to say well uh, for me, it's a yes, definitely. Fun fact, the, the Secret album I think I've mentioned on numerous podcasts now, that is the album that I grew up with. It was the Secrets album and it was the Mariah Daydream album. Those were the two albums my mom was playing at the time. So that album itself gives me a yes for Toni Braxton. Her debut was great as well. And um, it's funny, now that I think about it, and you guys are going to get mad at me for this, but... I remember one time I was on a forum. This was probably about 10 years ago, so um, I'll, I'll apologize in advance. But I remember comparing Tony Braxton, or I mean, I'm sorry, I remember comparing Ashanti to Tony Braxton. 
because they all started out their first three albums they each had a hit or a couple of hits on each album and then after that their career sort of faded a little bit so that was the uh parallel on the comparison that i was trying to make and i got killed for that post let me tell you i've never seen so much slander in my life and you should (laughs) until you met me because i would have been there slandering you the only thing those two have in common is their gender they got the same chromosome. Besides that, please. Well, hold hold on a minute. Let me take a closer look here, though. After her first three albums, what hit song did she have? See, that's my point. Mm. I'm I'm serious. I no, know you're the, right. I know the joint album with Babyface was actually very successful, but I'm looking at these at, at her charting history and yeah. man, as far as hit singles, fell no, off a cliff. She didn't have one. <laughs> So, we're putting her because in the Hall of Fame off of two albums? No, definitely not. This, the Hall of Fame isn't just two albums. It's talking about influence. And number one, those two albums were extremely influential. And even though the later half of your career wasn't as successful, and you can't really expect it to. There are only like five people who sold, like selling millions of records eight albums in. Like, they were still respectable. She was still going gold and stuff, so... It wasn't bad at all. And as we mentioned, the Love, Marriage, Divorce album still did pretty okay. I don't know if any of those singles charted. Yeah, but even Ashanti had two good albums. And I like Ashanti. Yes. What two good... No, get me started on Ashanti. Yes. I told y'all last week she had one good, <laughs> but that's a combo for another day. Um, I think Ash- I think two Ashanti actually has more hit records than Tony Braxton, as I'm looking at this Billboard chart. And I'm being dead no, serious. That's right because because there is no accounting for taste. No. Oh come Jeez. on. Rihanna I'm got just, more than all of them. That's another nomination for another day. But I mean, you guys voted Tony in. I'd probably say yes. But I'm just looking closer. I just like to see when you break it down. It doesn't appear that she had a lot of success charting wise, at least with these final three albums. No, she didn't. I'll agree with that. But, I mean, you wouldn't turn away a Mariah, and she's kind of had the same issues. Although, uh, Mariah's a higher level no. artist. Yeah, that's not even a close comparison. No, it's not. Well, it's a closer comparison than I think you think. But it's, my point is, when you look at the latter half of an artist's career, it's always going to be that drop-off. Because All the right. artist, audience changes over. Tony Braxton and her two albums are in. Hooray. God. Her two albums better than Ashanti's two albums. Ashanti will be revisited at a later date. Ed, just wait until Ashanti drops. I'll be visiting you in the... What, 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 Kyle? What? Just wait until Ashanti (laughs) drops that third five-star album. Then she'll be in. (laughs) I think if you add up all the stars I gave Ashanti's five albums... It might come to four. Oh, Please. oh, come on, come on! That's someone cut this guy off the line. Oh boy, uh, I don't, I don't even know what to say anymore, guys. Anywho, so looks like um, Tony Braxton is in the Hall of Fame. Little Mo, we love you, but sorry, maybe next time. I want to quickly go into our food discussion here, guys. Um, 
what are we talking about today? Um, I got you know something. I, I, got, I got one. Sure. What is your guy's favorite type of cake? Hmm. I'll tell you mine while you're thinking about it. Okay, my... Well, you go ahead, Tom. You go ahead. Actually, I... You're going to laugh, Ed, but... I actually just like to eat the vanilla frosting, and I don't even like to eat the cake part. Oh, boy. No, 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 <laughs> oh, my. This player asks, what kind of cake do you like? And he's like, I don't like cake. I just like <laughs> frosting. I don't actually like Ashanti albums. I just look at the album covers the whole time. That's Hold probably on, why you're giving them so many stars. I will take the cake, though. There's still some residue of the cake left on the icing when you're eating it. Oh. So that counts. You're eating cake crumbs jumped in your liquid sugar goo? <laughs> what? Ed, Ed, don't mind Tom. He's the type of person that would probably buy Dunkaroos and just chuck away all the cookies and dip his finger into the icing, too. Oh, that icing was so good. <laughs> that oh was so good God. icing. This man needs to be off the streets. You need to be locked away. If we ever do an icing hall of fame, let me know. I got some nominations. <laughs> you and El Varner and Sierra and Rihanna will all be in that same hall of fame. <laughs> wow. Can we get to real cake now? I'm going to give you some real cake. Oh, Pineapple upside down cake. What the off heck is the that? Chain. You've never heard of this? That sounds like a southern thing to eat. You've <laughs> never heard of a pineapple upside down cake. No idea. Kyle, you have good. not heard of this. Oh, I, I've heard of it. It's, it's okay. Okay. It's just okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> what is your favorite, pray tale? I'm all about that cheesecake, which I don't even know if it's considered cake, but it tastes pretty good. That's cake. I had an argument with a coworker who said cheesecake is actually pie. Is what? Pie? Oh, uh, yes. I can see how that's the case. Ah, uh, I. Guess. I can see it, but I don't want him to be right, so I'm saying no. <laughs> All right. um, I have some uh, fun facts for you guys. Uh, my little brother just got employed at Dairy Queen, uh, probably about a month ago. So, one of the things that's pretty interesting at Dairy Queen, um, when they're making their blizzards and they have all their toppings, so let's say, for example, the Oreos, they don't actually get that outsourced by, you know, a, a company that sends them cookie crumbs. They actually have a staff member that goes in the kitchen and just starts smashing the heck out of Oreo cookies. Oh. You know, I actually respect that, because the Oreos are fresh. It's better than getting packages of crumbs that have been sitting around for 30 years. So, props to them for making their crumbs fresh. I think that gets props. Um, speaking of Oreo cookies, um, you guys have you guys ever been on uh, our boy Smokey from Playa's Instagram page? Oh, yeah. Of course. On, on occasions, he'll post random junk food and it'll be like the most bizarre flavors ever. I think one time there was like a, a hamburger flavored Dorito. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not fans of Doritos anyway. Anything that leaves like that orange mist all over your fingers <laughs> and crap is not my thing. Orange mist. It's real cheese, man. <laughs> Ugh. Anywho, um, 
I think that's it for uh, this week's food discussion. I want to quickly pass it on to you, Ed, so you can plug soinstereo.com right now. I know you got that Kendrick Lamar album that you re- reviewed, and I'll be honest with you, when I first saw that uh, album cover, I thought Pusha T had put out a new album. <laughs> I only wish that Pusha put out a new album. Shout out VA all day. But um, yes, it's a big week for hip hop. Um, we've got the new Kendrick Lamar album. As I said in my review, it is extremely difficult to review a Kendrick album. I will say though, as far as my calculations, I think Soul and Stereo had the first full album review on the net of that nice. album. Like there nice. were tons of those. Oh, first listen reviews where you can tell the dude is just typing as he listens to it. And it's like, this song hot. This song hot. What sample is this? Oh, here's Rihanna. She's rapping. Like, no, this is the first review on the web that actually reviewed and analyzed the music. And reviewing a Kendrick album is very tough because every song is so dense. But if you're a Kendrick fan or if you're a hip hop fan, go to soulandstereo.com. Go to the main page. You'll see Kendrick looking like Pusher right at the top. Check that out. Also, check out um, what we talked about a little bit earlier, the top 10 female vocalists of the current era, 2014 till now. See who I picked. See why I picked them. And in the coming weeks, maybe by next week's podcast, we'll go on to the best male vocalists of the current era. Nice. Looking to see Mario on that list. Anyways, Tom, uh, you know I got Don't soul. hold your breath. <laughs> uh, what do we What's got going, going on? Um, I'm just preparing for this Soul Village that we've got next week. Um, we've got Carvin Haggins, uh, artist Bria Marie coming back, who we've uh, featured on the site before. We've got um, a new artist by the name of Willie Hinn, which is, he signed the music Soul Child, so he'll be performing that night too, so should be a good night. We do that show once a month at SOBs. We've been producing it for like five years now. Uh, other than that, it's been a little slow lately, but we got some releases coming this later this month. Looking forward to checking those out. Uh, the, uh, other than that, I've just been cleaning up from our funeral arrangements last week. Just uh, cleaning up shop here. You know, sweeping oh, the floor and everything. That's about it. Yeah, I heard T-Pain left his top hat. So make sure you get that back to him. Stomp on it, though. Jeez. Um, I actually just interviewed uh, LaPorsha Renee today, Motown singer. Put out her album two weeks ago. Some interesting uh, tidbits from there. Um, I asked whether she, you know, how she felt like she fit into today's landscape of music. And she just straight up bluntly said, I don't. So got to give mm. her props for her respect. honesty. Yeah, respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but aside from that, that seems to be it for um, this week's episode of the podcast. I think uh, we'll have to leave Ashanti alone after this podcast because we keep feeding them trolls and they're going to keep coming at us. So until then, <laughs> this is Kyle. We've got Ed. We've got Tom. And we are out. All right. Later. Peace.